Welcome to Put a Word on It, a podcast presented by Men of Valor. In each episode, we're going to talk with a different man, but each one with a unique journey from brokenness to freedom. I'm your host, Rudy Kalis. I spent over 40 years as a TV sportscaster, then retired and joined the Men of Valor program as a volunteer. So join the conversation, reconciling men to God, their families, and society. Thanks again for joining us for another edition of Put a Word on It, brought to you by Interstate AC. They've been wonderful folks and they have supported us a great deal. We appreciate all your help. I want you to meet Darnell Ford. When you come here, Darnell, it seems to me like he almost runs the place. The guys all relate to him. He's a big old man. And the thing that's most interesting about him, got a powerful story in his life, but he's now working where this facility is back in the old neighborhood where he used to run. Altogether different man back then. And then God changed him to the point that he's now here changing lives in his old neighborhood. So this is your old neighborhood, right? You grew yes. up in this neighborhood. Yes. How long, I mean, how old were you when you when you came here? Were you born here? Um, I was born and raised in Nashville. I grew up for the most part uh, in the Melrose area. Um, but around 1994, we moved here. I was already out of high school. Uh, but I was still living at home. And so from 1994 until now, I've pretty much been in the Antioch area. Mm. So what kind of a kid were you in this area? So like I said, I, I pretty much grew up in South Nashville. Um, I would kind of come to Antioch, you know, you know, to the mall and stuff like that. But it wasn't until I was probably about 19 that um, I really started being a minister society, if you will, uh, selling drugs, using drugs, um, uh, forgeries, credit card fraud, um, different things like that, you know, around Hickory Hollow in the mall, outside of the mall. Um, so that's pretty much from about 19 until, uh, in 1994, uh, until around 2009 that was the very last time that i committed a felony and was arrested how, how does a kid get into that i don't think you weren't raised that way no i wasn't um a lot had to do with the culture uh music um you know in the 90s you know drug dealers were uh look you looked up to drug dealers because they had the money the cars uh notoriety, fame, I guess, um, material things. Um, and I had a relative that was a, a drug dealer and I kind of idolized him and um, liked being around him because he was instrumental in my life as a child, playing basketball, hanging out, you know. And so as he progressed, you know, in his life, going down the wrong road, um, I still looked up to him. And um, so as I got around 17 or 18, you know, I kind of was interested in selling drugs, but I really didn't do a lot of it. Uh, I pretty much worked. But once I really got to using drugs, selling drugs became pretty much the normal thing to do to try to maintain your habit. Did you have parents at home or were you a single parent family or? No, both of my parents were at home. The only thing is my dad worked pretty much 16 hours a day. 
And at times my mother worked 16 hours a day. So me being the oldest in the household, I was kind of the one that, you know, babysat my brothers and uh, did a lot of the things that adults were supposed to do. But you know you're doing wrong, right? Or do you not? Is it, is it- I knew I was doing wrong. Um, and so that's why I would kind of waver in and out. I would try to do it, but I was like, you know, I can't do this. I got two jobs. You know, I was 18 with two jobs. But, you know, at 18 and I didn't go to college, um, you know, I started going to clubs. And uh, so it just I started kind of spiraling just out of control, smoking marijuana, you know, uh, getting laid off from a job. So I spent more time hanging out. And so it just, one thing led to another. And, um, you know, the crowds kind of change, you know, from high school, uh, you start hanging around people that are kind of doing the same thing that you're doing. So uh, smoking weed, you know, drinking, partying, and then, you know, it just escalated. It went to uh, using cocaine, Um, you know. I, I found myself being around other people doing different things and if you know there's this old saying if you stay in a barbershop long enough you're bound to get a haircut and so that's typically how it happened what finally got you in prison so my first time going to prison was 1997. um i actually caught a drug charge in wilson county uh just a small two-year sentence they wasn't even trying to get me. They were getting someone else. And I just so happened was the guy that took the drugs to him. They were my drugs, but I took them to the uh, informant and uh, I called a two year sentence. Uh, and I wound up violating that with another set of felonies. And so uh, instead of serving my time in the county jail, jail bond in Wilson County sent me to prison on a two year sentence. Well, what finally gets you to the point of saying, man, this ain't right. This ain't a way to live. Um, I was in and out off and on. I was in and out of church off and on. I actually was saved in 1997. Um, I came to know the Lord, uh, started reading his word. and um, But I just couldn't, I, I just, really what it was, I, I, my, I was saved, but my mind wasn't renewed. And so... Um, you know, I kept having this longing to go back to the very same things that got me in trouble in the first place. And um, it was 2009. I had just been released from Williamson County Jail. I was out on Thanksgiving Day, actually. Um, and that following Saturday, I was rearrested with five new charges right here in Antioch at the Target. It's no longer a Target, but the old Target in Antioch. And it's a lot of long story with that. But um, when I was arrested, um, it was like I came to my senses, almost like the prodigal son. Like, I don't have to live like this. I was just free. I I was just released. And now I'm being rearrested. And it just became so clear to me that all my charges were pretty much based on me using drugs. You take away the drugs, I wouldn't be getting arrested. Mm. So, How did Men of Valor get into your life? So after being arrested um, in Metro, um, 
I wound up putting my sentence into effect and I was transferred to Core Civic. Back then it was called uh, CCA. Uh, and so uh, I was actually put in the unit uh, where the Jericho Project was, Men of Valor. Um, and so uh, I wound up moving down the hall, working in the kitchen, and I was going to court on my new charges. And um, I ended up back in the Jericho pod, and I just knew that that's where I was supposed to be. And uh, I signed up for the Jericho uh, program. I did a year, and uh, I was released to the aftercare program. I did a year, and I've just been with Mentor Valley ever since. Yeah, you're an administrator now. Do you look back and you say, wait a minute, how did I stick with this? How did I? How did this thing ch change my life? Well... Um, outside of receiving salvation, this has probably been the best thing that's ever happened to me. It just changed my, my whole way of thinking, my walk. I really understand what it is to be discipled. You know, um, I fit in the men, the, the men on staff, um, just work with me and, and you're, you're looking at fruit of the ministry. You just don't get this. I don't feel like you really get this, like just attending a church, you know, men of is just something special for, for men that come from my background. Well, you know, the name of the program is put a word on it. Have you, I know you've been thinking about it a little bit. Any, what comes to your mind? Um, what comes to my mind is, um, we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. It, it, it took men coming alongside me to help me see things from a different perspective. You know, Proverbs 3 talks about lean not into your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. I come to realize that my best thinking got me 11 uh, felony convictions. You know, I come to realize that my best thinking kept me on drugs. And so I try not to lean on my own understanding anymore. <laughs> and you got to see a man to be a man. So right. you've been around men. You like the idea now of putting yourself up there and saying, look, I'm transformed. I'm a man of faith. You guys can do it too. Is that important to you? Yes, it's very important. I actually get to give back in the very communities that I took from. In the words of Carl Carlson, now I've become a giver instead of a taker. Well, you sure are a giver. Your pleasure to be around. Thanks. Thank you. Really enjoyed that time with Darnell. So let me put a word on it from what I saw. I like the word transform because that's what happens to us. We become a new man inside. God changes all of that. I like how he said you become a giver instead of a taker. It's interesting as a Christian, you have to die in order to live. It's such an odd sort of situation that people don't understand. But that's what it means to be transformed. And now he's transforming the lives that are here at this facility. Thanks for joining us. Join us again next time as we put a word on it. You've been listening to Put a Word on It. We would love for you to subscribe wherever you download fine podcasts. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or Spotify. Put a Word on It is brought to you by Men of Valor. To learn more, go to movnashville.com.